is the University of Michigan. Touchdown, Michigan! Welcome back to Blue by 90. I am Justin, joined by Jack and Kaylin, and it is another beautiful victory Sunday, boys. I am feeling good. I We said it yesterday. We escaped with a win, and we're very okay with that. I don't, I don't need anything more than escaping Lincoln with a victory. Agreed, man. We, I mean, we kind of had it right on the money as far as what we thought the game was going to look like. The second half definitely didn't look as good as the first half, but they won on the road. They, you know, I don't think Nebraska's given up that many points all season. It was, I'm, I'm very satisfied with that. Still in the oh, this is, this is maybe our most beautiful victory Sunday of the year so far. It, I agree. That one was satisfying. I, it was, it was not, you know, boring obviously. And it wasn't, like Michigan played their best game all year, um, but it was resilient. It was this team. I'm still not sure if this team is a good football team, like really, really good football team, but damn it, are they tough? They are a tough football team. And I think Cade said it in his post game interview, and he said, No disrespect to teams of the past, um, but he thinks that he said it, and I, I totally agree with him. Past Michigan football teams lose that game 10 times out of 10. And this team somehow takes the punches and punches right back. And, and they they had so much uh, adversity that they faced. That crowd was insane. It was a night game. It, there was a lot going on, but they, they came out on top. And I am, I'm damn proud of them. I'll say that. I mean, dude, I think everybody – that I had, that I talked to last night, you guys said it, Cade said it in the interview. Everybody was like past Michigan teams. They, they wouldn't have won that game. And I mean, that's, that speaks volumes to what this team is doing this year and like how they look. I'm uh, I, man. The hype train is, is, is full steam ahead. I'll tell you that, <laughs> especially, I mean, you're, you're going to have Northwestern at home after the bye week and then it's Michigan state If they can beat Michigan state at Michigan state. I'm like, this is the year they're fucking it. it uh, I don't know if they'll beat Ohio State, but like, like it's it's a great fucking year. Positive vibes only from Jack. Positive vibes only. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, I. There's a lot going on in the Big Ten still. MSU looks pretty damn good as well, but uh, but Michigan. I mean, I that that Cornhusker team. I think you said it yesterday, Jack. They're the best three and three team in the country. I think they're the best three and four team in the country. Now. Yeah. I mean, that Illinois loss seems like a year and a half ago, and (laughs) now they have losses to Oklahoma, Michigan State, and Michigan, who are all, I believe, still undefeated. Top 10. All top 10 teams. All top 10. I I feel bad for Nebraska fans a little bit. There are some that are absolute douchebags that I hate and don't feel bad for, but I have a couple Nebraska friends, and they just texted me after the game. They're like, why do I do this to myself? (laughs) <laughs> and I, but I, I do feel for them a little bit where they, you know, and they're a couple plays away 
you know, they, they go to OT with MSU. They're obviously a couple plays away from winning last night. They only lost to Oklahoma by a score. So they're very close to being five and one, six and oh. I mean, they're, they're, I, I think that is by the end of the year uh, going to end up. I said this about Wisconsin too, uh, as a really good win for Michigan. I agree. I agree. I mean, you, you said it. Like, I, I agree with everything you said. That was, they're, they're a good team. They're just unfortunate that they've lost. I mean, three of their four losses are two top 10 teams. And then week one was just a shit show against Illinois. Yeah. Shouts out to that Nebraska team. I mean, they fought tooth and nail every play. Honestly, if they can kind of just figure a couple last things out, that's definitely a team that I'm like, they could upset Ohio State or Iowa Mm -hmm. at home later in the season. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll I'll definitely keep watching them throughout the year. That would be incredible. Yeah. <laughs> if, we take... can, if we can somehow get Ohio State to have two losses by the time we play them and we don't even have to worry about beating them to get into the Big Ten title game, that would be Well, and the awesome. huge thing, too, if you turned on the Bama game right after Michigan, Bama lost. Dude. So, so you suddenly you're, start, you're starting to see the seas part for Michigan here where the path is opening up. I, I think that was that's the perfect example of – just be happy your team won because anything can happen, especially when you're on the road. I mean, that's Bama's first uh, first loss to an unranked team in a hundred games. So I'll say, and and Saban's first loss to an assistant. Yeah, Jimbo dude, Fisher. So crazy, man. So crazy. So it just especially with how the Oklahoma Texas game yesterday was an insane. We've said this every week, I think, but (laughs) college football is just the freaking best, man. It is crazy. Every single week, you have no idea what's going to happen. And I'm just, I'm just glad that we're still right here. Say saying we're six and oh and undefeated and and escaped Lincoln because it could have went a lot of different ways there. It was an insane weekend of college football by far the best weekend. So far, the noon games were incredible. Ole Miss Arkansas was great. Penn State, Iowa, Penn State, Iowa, Penn State would have won that game if Clifford doesn't get hurt. I 100% believe that. Um, And then obviously the Michigan game was incredible to watch all the way through and Bama lost, which is always a plus. So it's it's really Georgia and nobody else. It's like Georgia in the field right now. Georgia is by far the best team in the country and it's not even close. Well, and it looks like Oklahoma is a new team with Spencer Rattler on the bench. (laughs) Dude, I hate Spencer. Maybe. I'm so I hope <laughs> he's a really he's, hard guy to like. It's he's a really hard guy to like. I saw a video of the entire team celebrating on the field. He was the only guy that was uh walking into the locker room after the game, too. I'm just like, dude, you're really? just the worst. Like, I hope you're in the transfer portal by the end of the weekend and just you know, I, I I'm sorry, I hope it doesn't pan out for you. I think you said on a previous podcast that he has uh, the most punchable face. <laughs> For sure. It's squeezed into that helmet. It doesn't fit right. And everything everything else, too. It's just all his actions uh, help, it, help it as well. Um, so, I, I mean, all in all, they're great college football weekend. Uh, you said it, Jack. The Michigan-Nebraska game capped it off uh, last night. And Oh my God. Were you guys just like heart pounding the entire second half? Cause that was gut wrenching. I was, I was losing hair. I was, I mean, it was just outrageous. I'll, I'll tell you the pretzel bell basement went 
nuts when Brad Hawkins ripped that ball out from Martinez on that drive. That's that was awesome. My, my, Cause I was just like, Oh, here we go. Like they're going to, Martinez is going to come back, make some plays and they're going to win this game. And then you see that ball come out and everybody just fucking exploded. It was, it was awesome. My, my, my emotions were all over the place all night long. <laughs> it was insane. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah. I, it was every time Michigan in the second half, well, let's talk about the first half first, too. I thought Michigan was going to run away with it. I was like, they can't do anything yeah. on offense outside of that first drive, and we still stuffed them uh, on fourth and one or whatever. Um, it, But, like, they couldn't do anything, and our offense was moving, not doing great, but still just, like, doing its thing. Like we said, you don't need to do anything flashy, uh, but it was doing its thing. And then they came out in the second half, and – we Valari said it. We said it. It was their Super Bowl, and I felt like their playbook. They pulled out every play they had from the past ten years, and they used them. And all of a sudden, they opened the playbook up in the second half. Our linebackers, unfortunately, as well as Josh Ross has played all year, I thought he had a really bad game yesterday. He was one of the only like downsides. Um, and, and he struggled and was caught with, uh, in, in some bad spots. Um, but props to Scott Frost and their offense in that second half, because they sure as hell made it interesting. Um, and then every time that Michigan stops them and they're, it's like, all right, that's good. We can, you know, now we'll, we'll, you know, we'll take it away. We ended up having to settle for a field goal and it just kept them in it. And then Nebraska would go down and make something happen. Um, and I think all in all, just thank God for Money Moody. MVP. Thank God for Money Moody. Money Moody. Jesus, dude. Him, Hawkins, Haskins, Dax Hill had a fucking incredible game again. Yep. Oh, my God. That pick God. was insane. <laughs> Come on. Oh, my God, man. I love this team. I'll say that. I love this team. And one of, one of the crazy things that uh, I'm looking at the stats right now, there were 39 pass attempts and 42 rushing attempts from Michigan. Yeah. Like it's starting to even out now where we're seeing them pass the ball a little bit more. I mean, Cade had 38 pass attempts himself. McCarthy was 0 for one, but Cade was throwing the ball all over the place. I was very surprised. We passed the ball on some normal rushing downs, uh, which I was very surprised, but I will say I have to give Josh Gaddis credit. I thought he called an incredible game. There were times where he called the correct play, but we did not execute it uh, mm. right. And so I think that if they, you know, Sainer stills, obviously that was an unreal catch as well. Completely horizontal. Oh, and that was he, doesn't, amazing. he doesn't catch up all Nebraska in that game. I agree. I agree. But then the crazy thing is we didn't score a touchdown. I we know. Ended up kicking that's field what I'm saying. So what I, was, what I was getting at was he, he – Gattis – uh, called the right game but a lot of times we like if if Cade just throws that and, and lands it in it it's a touchdown right right um there are a couple other deep balls that Cade didn't throw that well and, and the guy had separation um so Dalen Baldwin didn't catch that ball in the end zone too we had to settle for a field goal there were points left off to off the board for Michigan's offense yesterday um obviously they put up enough to win but I, I think it should have been a, a 42 to 29 type game, honestly. Yeah. I mean, maybe even higher scoring than that. 
there's a lot of opportunities where we sell for field goals when there could have been touchdowns. Yeah. Plus, I mean, can we talk about how bad that officiating crew was like on both sides? Both too. sides. Like that was awful. What was that disconcerting calls thing that they called on Nebraska? Do you remember that? Which and um, where they, I think they ended up calling it like a uh, delay of game. Oh, yeah, Nebraska for disconcerting calls. They were clapping. Like, what? clapping. Yeah, they were clapping while okay. we were trying to snap the ball. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but the we got bailed out on that pass interference in the end zone where yeah. uh, A.J. Henning just kind of like ran into him. Uh, mm. And that was – then they called it pass interference, thank God. Uh, but they – they yes, Kalen, it was both sides. I'm sure Nebraska fans are going to say that was why they lost. And I maybe it was a little bit more towards Michigan, um, but I thought it was bad all around. It was It was just – not not great. Um, Awful officiating crew. The, the, the I was so mad when they weren't going to review Haskins' first down. It, what it was, was that? I mean, <laughs> he wasn't even close to being down, and Jim screaming at the guy right in his ear, and that guy didn't. He didn't say a word. He was like not even flinching, and I was like, "Hey, let's take a look at this. Can we do that, please?" They just didn't even spot the ball. <laughs> they just put no. it back to the line of scrimmage. Like, they were they were off by nine feet. It was three yards, the difference of what was like going on there. They spotted him behind the original line of scrimmage, which it was obvious that he at least fell forward. Uh, bad. There were was... so many non-calls. I mean, on Cade's uh, interception, they literally showed a replay, and the defensive end was like in on the other side of the line. And even the officiator was like, oh, that defensive end is offsides, and they just like no flag, no nothing. Yeah, that I saw the screenshot of that too. Um, it, it was, it was bad all around, but all in all, I, I think, I mean, to say it again, escaping oh, yeah. that with a W, I don't know how we won that game. I don't know how we won that game. I mean, there were big plays that we typically like, you know, we definitely didn't see last year. I mean, like we said it before, I mean, Cade, he's, he's missing deep balls. Like that catch doesn't happen without Mike saying, I mean, he fully laid out fingertip grab, you know, and was able to get that ball. But Haskins had a huge run where he hurdled that guy and kept going. Amazing. Corum had a great touchdown run. Um, I mean, it was great to see that. The offense was was making plays, which was which was great to see. And that defense in the first half, I mean, they Incredible. were unreal. It was – they didn't – Nebraska didn't have a shot. Um, and that's going with like, they didn't have a ton of, I mean, obviously they had big, the interception and the fumble, but like, it wasn't like Aiden Hutchinson had this gigantic game. You know, I felt like it was the whole defense was just playing really well all together. And I, I love what they did too, is that first play of the game for Nebraska was like a 40 yard screen down the field. And then they come back and, you know, kill them on downs right yeah, after that. that. Was I was like to huge. see them. Yeah, to see them just shut it down right after a huge play was huge. Because, dude, that Nebraska crowd, holy shit, might have been the loudest stadium in all of college football this year so far. That was – it was legit. So, I thought – I mean, we talked about it uh, with Anthony yesterday on our live podcast um, What where Madison, Wisconsin was not normal Madison, Wisconsin. No. They, you know, and it was an 11 a.m. game. Students didn't really show up. They were – they're not into it. 
that Nebraska crowd, I mean, this really truly was their Super Bowl and and this was their this was their signature win that they've been looking for under Scott Frost. And they went all out. Everybody was standing the entire game and it was loud. That environment was legit. So for Michigan to go in there and take that in and still come out with a dub is, is so big. I I just I, I don't see again I I've never seen a Michigan team retaliate like that and play calm under pressure, even when things were going wrong. A lot of things went wrong in that second half, and they never, never do anything uh, good when that happens. You know what I loved more than anything? So was Thunderstruck, was that played at the end of the third quarter? Yep. Yep. Michigan was down at that point, and the team was still having fun, jumping around, getting like – the energy going on the sideline that was fucking cool like i just realized that right now that they were done they were down uh 22 to 19 at that point going into the fourth quarter and they're still like jumping around having fun keeping the energy high that that was a cool thing i love to see them kind of like going like i think both sidelines were kind of like making it out towards mid middle of the field it was getting pretty chippy but that was uh that was a cool atmosphere man i'd love to see michigan kind of incorporate like those lights like that i mean brisket fire on the like corner of the end zones going up like that that was a cool atmosphere i'd love to see michigan kind of get that stuff going even like fireworks we've talked about before i think ohio does it um penn state does it so many cool things could be added just to make the atmosphere that much more incredible which that was cool wild too is that in that second quarter or, or second half it's really just the third quarter that they scored a ton of points 22 points in the fourth they pretty much went back into lockdown mode. I think they only let up another seven. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just that, like you were saying, that kind of like wacky play calling. It almost felt like when I'm playing NCAA with my buddies and like the guys just running around, throws the ball down the field, all of a sudden 40 yard touchdown. You're mm -hmm. just like, how did you do that? Right. Yeah. there, There was so much going on. It was one of the most eventful games I've ever watched because uh, you know, obviously I'm going to be into it no matter what, because it's Michigan, but I think any fan watching that game was like totally into it and back and forth. And it was like, I saw a couple, uh, MSU fans, uh, tweeting that they were just like, this is an incredible game to watch. Dude. It was so fun. So fun. I still, I still can't get over. I still can't get over the fact that they left 22 points in that third quarter and the whole team was still like hyped. Dude, like that, I, was, that that is blowing my mind and i love it so much i i did not realize that either and that changes everything about that moment right i mean because nebraska had all the momentum there all the momentum and this i don't in the past we would just be silent down Defeated. on ourselves just like bad attitude negative this is just different man i don't <laughs> It's so annoying that I'm bought in and saying this team is different because I've said it for a hundred years in a row, but it, it is. I mean, I, I, I'm still going to say it. Um, and I, here's my, my thing too. I was talking to uh, a guy who was there and, uh, and on the field at the end of the game uh, and in the locker room, he said, Harbaugh is, he's never seen Harbaugh like this. He said, he loves this team. He said he's legitimately never seen him like he was after the game. He stayed on the field, hugged and high-fived every player and coach. I love it. There, when, when he was running off the field away from that interview, it reminded me of uh, 
Jim Schwartz when he was with I the was Lions. Just yep. say that. It reminded me of that exact moment. I'm like, oh, I love this. He's back. Harbaugh's back. It, it was it was great to see. I, and I think I have this theory that Aiden's passion. Did you see the the exchange that Aiden between and them had? loved? It. They were just like shaking each other, going nuts right as the game ended. I think Aiden's passion has reignited Jim. I think it's been it's it's contagious. They feed off each other. That Aiden is just this leader of the team, and Jim is like, this is the guy I've been waiting to lead this team in this program for a long time, and he found his guy. I can't say enough about Aiden Hutchinson. Even if he he didn't have a sack or a TFL yesterday, and he's still the leader of this team and just makes everything happen. He has an impact on almost every single play that he's in. And, and they just, they, they haven't had that guy that has held this team it, together and just like made them a, a different, ha, have a different attitude uh, before. We've, we haven't seen that even from Chase Winovich. I don't think he was that like team guy. Totally. He was a little bit more. Yes, I'm, I'm here, but it's kind of still me. They've always had the me guys, and now they've got the we guy and, and, and guys, and I love it. Yeah, I think you're right there. I mean, Hutchinson, um, I mean, even McCarthy, like, he, he's very vocal and leader and positive about Michigan football. I mean, guys like that, I, I, I 100% believe you. I think they've reignited Harbaugh's passion because, you know, we've talked about it in the past, even with Anthony on, like, the past years, it felt like there were guys that were just a negative impact to the team. And now that they're gone, there's so much more positivity. It's not draining for Harbaugh to be like, all right, let's get this team together. Like, everybody's into it. They're all team guys. They love each other. They want to win, and they don't care how they fucking do it. And it's just – it's so fun to watch them play. I'm still, like, on a high from that game. I am too, man. Oh, yeah, that, my God. The team definitely has just, like, amazing chemistry amongst the players and amongst each other, and you see it kind of translate on the field. But the, for me, the two things I'll remember when I think of Aiden Hutchinson in this game are one, just him getting like constant pressure the whole game. And two, when that one Nebraska uh, um, tackle went out and they put like a freshman in, he literally just pushed him over with one hand. <laughs> I, I saw that. He ragdolled him. That dude, 6'9", 320. Jesus Christ. Like, how, how are you that strong, dude? I mean, that's just incredible. Um, I saw, oh, by the way, on the offensive side, Hassan Haskins is a beast. He runs so damn hard and he just, there were times yesterday where nobody was stopping him from getting into the end zone or getting that extra yard, getting that first down. Uh, and it wasn't like they were feeling the rhythm on offense with the run game. You know, you said it, we were passing the ball more. It definitely wasn't like that game against Washington or really any of those games where they like had big holes opening, but Hassan Haskins made it happen, man. And I, I loved it. Uh, everything from I, that offensive line, I think still, they didn't have like a, an awesome game there, but they made things happen when they needed to. Um, and I thought that what Joel Huntingford said, they, they really just like are together and they love punishing the other team. Um, and and the, the, what they've done is just really incredible under, you know, the leadership of Andrew Vistardis as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, good, man. By the way, Huntingford. That's out to Joel. 
first, yeah, he first, first career, catch. First career catch. First career yep. catch. That's he awesome. was so happy. I saw him cheesing on TV. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a first oh. down. First down, he turned it upfield. He did what he needed to do. It was uh, great, man. I was at I was at the bar after the first step or during that play. And uh, everybody was like, yeah, first down. I'm like, yeah, Joel, baby, let's go. <laughs> That's my friend. I know him. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That's awesome. Uh, all right. So let's talk about the quarterback situation. I know we've been all positive. We're positive vibes only. Are you guys concerned with Cade McNamara? I'm concerned with the deep ball. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. I mean, yeah, like that. I, that, I mean, that's where it is. I still kind of lay, I'll kind of, I'll kind of stay with the position I've had before. He hasn't lost us a game yet. You know, it could have, could have very well been a lost game because of him um, yesterday, just because, you know, Mikey Samer still, let's say he doesn't catch that ball. Let's say, um, I mean, he had the interception. Um, it's, it's tough, man. I think they want to get JJ in there. Like they're, they're, they're literally throwing him in there to like run read options. Like they want, they're just like, we got to get him in the game, just get him in the game. And uh, I know a lot of Michigan fans really want JJ in there, but it's hard to pull Cade out when they're still winning. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. I think it could go either way. I really do. It's I'm so 50, 50 on it. Like I, I, am, I, like, I just don't know, you know, I'm it's in like, the same boat and I'm, I'm ugh. betting that Josh Gaddis and Jim Harbaugh are feeling the same way. Oh my They're, God. Yeah. They don't know what to do because as you said, Cade, I mean, he made that, that was a pretty bad throw on the interception. Um, he yeah. did not see the safety come down. Um, but I mean, that's his only like big mistake of the year. And but the thing, I mean, you could throw the deep ball thing in there. If he can't hit deep balls with guys in stress, especially when they're that open. I mean, that's to me an issue coming up against Ohio state, definitely against Michigan state after watching Michigan state play, dude, they are not a team to be like fucking around with. Like they're, they are fucking le- – they're legit. They are a really good team. And I'm very, very nervous about that game. I mean, you, you're going to need big plays like that where you can hit guys in stride to get a touchdown right away. You can't settle for a field goal on the two-yard line because you can't hit a, hit a receiver in stride. I agree. Man. You're, 90% of games you're not going to win by kicking four field goals. No. Right? I'll tell you what, though. There was, there was never a moment in that game when Cade was playing quarterback that I was like, we're not going to score any points here. There was never a moment where I was like, Kate is not in control. Like every time we were on offense, think about the number of drives we had that we started in our own 10 and he was in control of that offense. And we like marched down the field. I'm not saying JJ can't do that, but like, I just haven't had that much confidence in the Michigan quarterback room in such a long time that this is just a refreshing feeling where I'm like, Hey, like we, it feels like our quarterback is in command of the offense and we can like get to the other side of the field. I, I totally agree with you. And I think that's why I struggle. And I think that's why Josh Gaddis and Jim Harbaugh are struggling with not, you know, who to, who to play there. Because I think the intangibles that Cade has with his leadership and commanding the offense is something I don't know. I'm not saying JJ can't do that, but I don't know if he's quite ready to do that as a freshman. Right. I think he, he would be able to probably pick it up, but I think Cade is that guy. And 
him leading this offense, I think it would be kind of a blow to the, the, the progression and, and what this offense has if you bench him. Um, I, I think these guys are, are behind him 100%. I think even J.J. is behind him 100%. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think if they went with J.J., Cade would be behind J.J. too. But I think that I, just looking at what that offense did uh, yesterday down the stretch to be able to, I mean, even before the half, they put together a, a two-minute drill uh, it, under pressure in that t- in that environment, he was calm. He made things happen. He he re- uh, retaliated from his mistakes. Um, I I totally agree with you, Kalen. I think that's where I struggle with saying, "Oh, he's he missed some deep balls." I don't want to pull him just because of that. I think the talent is average to above average, but not great. We may have some guy with a number nine that has elite talent. Yeah. But, I will, I will say that I, I actually did not like the way they used McCarthy in this game. It reminded me of how we used Dylan McCaffrey, where eventually you put them in you're like, Oh, they're going to run the read option. So let's just do that. Right. I'm like, dude, you got to put McCarthy in there and let him throw it, you know, besides just run. So and he needs to be a threat on both ends. And I think he has that skill set. So let him do it. And then that that'll not only develop his talent on the field, but it'll make him an even bigger threat where we're like, okay, now we know they got the athletic quarterback in and he might throw it at us. I agree. I was hoping they'd use him a lot more like they did in Wisconsin game, but they didn't. Um, and the big, if we're going back between like Cade and JJ, Cade, obviously we know like decision-making's there, leadership's there, all that's there. And, and we are, we're being very nitpicky. Really? I mean, I, at least me, like he can't hit a deep ball consistently and accurately in stride. That's, that's my only thing I've got against him. And, you know, with JJ, we don't know if he has those decision-making skills because we haven't really seen it yet. Right. You know, but we do know that he's more athletic. He expands the offense because he can run the ball a little bit and, and gain some yards. We know he's got a strong arm. From what we've seen of his deep ball, he's two for two. Um, so, I mean, obviously, like we, we say it every week, the number two or the, the backup quarterbacks more most popular options, right? right? So, I mean, I don't know. It's just the only thing that makes me nervous is against like teams like Michigan State and Ohio State, is Kate able to make the big throws when we need them to keep them in the game? Right. That's all yeah. I got. I mean, I, I think it's decision-making. Everything else is right there. It's just can you hit a deep ball? Yeah, and I think the thing about the deep balls too, especially you know when we're looking at yesterday specifically, he's not that far off. You know, they weren't terrible throws; they're just a little bit underthrown or a little bit overthrown. Um, so it's not like he's like Joe Milton throwing it thirty yards <laughs> over their head, right? So right, I, that's where I struggle a little bit. Like you see, we've seen him throw a great deep ball this year many times, you know, and so. He, I, I don't know. You can't expect it to be a great 100% of the time. Right. But there were a couple of times yesterday. It was like, you just got to give your guy a chance. Uh, well, that's the thing for me. It's like when you have that, when the receiver has that much separation from the DB there, you shouldn't have to be diving for the ball. That's, that's what I mean. Like if the guy is that wide open, like you should be able to put a little more air under it so they can catch it comfortably and get it in stride. Um, are you now, talking if that, that guy's like right on him? Then yeah, maybe you throw it a little bit further away so they have to kind of go get it. But 
if there's that much space between the receiver and the DB, then you've got to kind of make sure that you can catch that and keep continue running with it. Are you talking the uh, Mike Samer still one specifically? 100%. Yeah. I wonder if was that where like a Roman Wilson would usually be? And he's like, that's where I usually put it for Roman, yeah. who's maybe a little faster. True. I don't know. I don't think that's I don't, an excuse. I don't know. I, I mean, yes, I, I don't know. I, I struggle. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the answer is here. Um, but Kalen, I think it's a good problem to have um, to your point. Like we, we have depth and right now the decision is not who's the better quarterback or, or the decision is not like a, about two bad quarterbacks. Who's least bad. <laughs> it's about two good quarterbacks and who's better. Yeah. Um, that was a weird way to put it, but I, I don't know how else to put it. It's like, it's not a situation where we're struggling, you know, so much because of our quarterback play. It's almost like we, we're, what's the difference? Who's the better option from a, a good quarterback to a great quarterback. Um, and so It'll be very interesting to see how it plays out, but I, I totally agree with you, Jack. There's going to be a, a point in the Michigan State game probably at the end of this month where we can't settle for a field goal, and you have to take advantage of hitting a, a guy deep and, and making that big play, and we need Cade to make that play. Um, so, And that's going to be a crazy environment at MSU as well, right? It's uh, – it's going to be, they have a, they, a, there's a lot of schedule uh, still, uh, still in this, uh, for this team. And I'm nervous. I'm nervous already for October 30th. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, dude, people, the Spartan fans, you know, they, they love that uh, Mel Tucker. And I think it's gonna be a rowdy environment. I think it's gonna be very, very similar to um, how it was against Nebraska. I think it'll be a very similar environment and depending on game time. I mean, that might be a three thirty or a or a night game, you know, which will make it just as crazy. So yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be a big game. The only difference is that I'll be there and I'll be obviously very loud for Michigan. Maybe I might be the difference maker. <laughs> I don't know. You probably will for me, you know. We've we've uh, I've got a couple we've got a couple people on Twitter that are that are joining us and I think we're we're gonna raid the uh raid the woodshed raid the uh the, the spartan stadium and, and make it maze uh so if you are going to that game wear maze we're sticking out like a sore thumb i want them to know that we're there and and i i want it to be i want it to be rowdy on our side as well mm-hmm. oh man i i am like i'm still like a little bit just like heart racing oh my <laughs> god yeah Oh my God. Talking about it, talking about it again is, has gotten me riled up. Um, I, I'm looking at the stats too. Uh, you know, outside of the interception, he didn't, you know, one interception and one sack. I mean, that's like the worst game offensively in, ter- in terms of turnovers that we've had, which yeah. is pretty crazy. Um, so they still ended up with 200 rushing yards. 255 passing yards. I mean, that's a balanced attack. That is a true balanced attack, and I love it. It was, man. And, and this Nebraska defense isn't a bad defense either. I mean, I think Michigan's offense should take pride in, you know, what they did and what they were able to accomplish. Do you think that this was Harbaugh's best win at Michigan? Ooh, that's a good question. 
I think so. Yeah, I mean, close game at night. Again, I mean, the Nebraska's three and four record doesn't do them justice. I think they're a lot better team than than you know what that record shows. And it's you know they came, you know they won against the adversity and faced adversity and were able to come back and win that game. It's a gritty game. I mean, I think it's fair to say that. Yeah. That's people are gonna rag on that probably like oh your best win is against a you know losing team <laughs> and that's and that's the best win so far I mean you know if they go out and handle business against Michigan State that'll be his best game you know like it's there's there's a lot that uh, can be added on this year alone God that Michigan State game could be a top five matchup that's I was just thinking I mean it'll be top game. ten for sure could be top five depending what happens uh, you know in the next two weeks. Where do you think uh, Michigan ends up in the AP rankings now? Um, I don't know because Oklahoma won, and they they you know they'll kind of stick around where they're at. I think I don't think we'll jump Oklahoma. Um, Bama's going to stay ahead of them. Who I don't know. I think they'll probably stay right around where they're at. Maybe move up a spot or two. Yeah, I'm thinking. Move but up I think to like I think, seven. I think Sparty will move into the top ten though. I think it'll be hard to keep them out. The only thing I could think of is, do they jump a Penn State who lost to Iowa? I don't think so. I don't think you can penalize Penn State for losing by, a, you know, a score at Iowa without your quarterback. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be they, – they might stay around the same. I think they, they move up maybe one or two at the most – yeah, um, but they they might stay around the same. Um, so I saw Notre Dame had like the same score against Virginia Tech. That's a I mean that's a good win too. Virginia Tech in uh, Blacksburg, thirty two yeah. twenty nine in the last like five seconds. Yeah, it's a big win for twenty nine at one point. Big win for Rudy's. The fighting Rudies. The fighting, the fighting Rudies. Let's see. What else do we have? Any other – anything else to talk about around the country yesterday? Ole Miss, Arkansas. Lane Kiffin is – I I want to be an Ole Miss fan because they're so fun to watch, and it's just electric every time every time they step on the field. Uh, Dude, they're at- – 51 over Arkansas. 100-some total points. Oh, my God. I saw the uh, post-game interview with Lane Kiffin, and he was like, the interviewer said something like, well, your defense didn't play well into that last play. And he's like, I don't know if we played well. They just went for two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's pretty funny. Uh, Boise beat BYU. That was huge. Yeah, that's a big one for Boise. That's uh, BYU now, you know, that's going to take them out of the, the college football playoff race so for sure. Yep. Um, Cincinnati handled business on Friday, I think. Who was that? Cincinnati. I think they handled business on Friday. They did. They look good. They did. Uh, Kentucky dominated LSU. Yeah, Kentucky, man. They're the real deal. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. A great weekend of college football. Obviously, a Michigan W makes it all the better. Yesterday, I... I was so ready for disappointment. I was so ready for disappointment, <laughs> and I'm so pleasantly surprised that we didn't have to suffer that. Um, yeah. So, hey, taking uh, taking a W and taking six and zero into the bye week here, 
got to be feeling good. Got to be feeling good for uh, for all the Michigan fans out there, us included. So we will uh, we'll have a couple more podcasts throughout the bye week here and, and heading into the Northwestern week. Hey, get ready to get ready to, to come into uh, the Chrysler parking lot for the Blue by 90 tailgate on October 23rd. That is going to be a fun one. You can follow us at Blue by 90 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Blue by 90 podcast on YouTube. We will see you later this week. Go blue. Go blue. Go blue.